Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, podcast 69. I am so completely exhaustedly tired, and I recorded over three different sessions, that I have no recollection at all what I talked about. Enjoy the ramblings! I have a saying that I say every now and then, and that I believe I have said on the podcast before, and that is to never play games for levels or loot, because in the end, they won't matter. This applies more to an online game than not, but it also applies for single-player games. Some stuff has come up recently that has made me think about the people and, you know, the situations that the stuff came up in, and so I thought I would talk about my proverb, I guess you could say, even though the people that were involved will probably not hear my explanation, I thought I would sort of explain it in deeper concept to those of you that do listen. I'm a single guy, and I don't have any friends that are close enough to me to do anything physically. You know, it's just online people. And being somebody who, you know, has no money to do anything with or go anywhere, you know, travel or do any sort of adventurous activities, there really isn't any way for me to explore my world, or, you know, myself in a way, other than through gaming. But through gaming, I can explore different worlds, I can be different people, I can do different things, I can be in all kinds of different situations or different times, and through that I can still gain experience. While any sort of entertainment will allow you to have experience, I think games are a bit more interactive, hopefully, than something like, say, a movie. So your experience of that situation, that time, that world, will give you something that lasts, I guess. And as it is interactive, hopefully it will engage you more. But once a memory becomes a memory... I don't know if the way you receive that memory really matters. Through gaming, you can experience different feelings and thoughts and emotions, and you can think about those things, and maybe those things will change what you think, what you believe, maybe who you are at your core. And so I think playing games is very important. People in their adult life might say they don't play, or they don't do games, or, you know, they're they're all serious all the time, but every last one of them as a child played. If you look at any kind of animal, especially the domestic animals, cats, dogs, bunnies, they play when they are little. It's something that all creatures do. We play to learn who we are. We play to learn about our society. We play to learn about the world and how things in the world act, as well as things like motor control, you know, balance, agility, strength, that sort of thing that we can do physically. And so I think playing as a way of learning and growing is very important. While not all games will afford the opportunity to learn and grow as a person, I think we should never discount what we experience in the game, what we feel in the game. And for the cases of games which are online or co-op with friends, 
the experience we have with our friends, and the things that might cause us to grow or learn while we play the games, you know, with ourselves or with other people. While picking up a game and playing just for entertainment or just for challenge, maybe, you know, it's a type of game where it's PvP and you just want to fight somebody else and test your skills and knowledge, while those are fine, I really think a better motivation or better reason to pick up games is for the experience of that world and what that world can offer you in terms of learning about yourself or learning about what the world has to offer, experiencing something new and different you could not experience otherwise. And as such, you will have more experience to draw upon and maybe learn something new about yourself in the process. In recent times, I think it was a few semesters ago, I had a friend who sort of hung out with me during class. I haven't really seen or heard from him since then. But there was a game that came out that he really wanted to play, and it was very cool, and everybody loved it. And he was a pretty big pirater. I had spent many days trying to convince him that it is not the right thing to do. But he found a pirate copy of it, and he was playing through the game, and we would talk about it on occasion both in the sense of, you know, what he was doing in the game and me trying to convince him pirating was bad. But the funniest part about it, I thought, was that he wanted to be a game designer. And I'm like, how do you expect to be a game designer and get paid for work when you yourself do not support game designers? Every now and then, I have thought back to that time. And there has been some recent discussion and stuff about free versus paid in, in various places in my life. In some ways, I do support the idea that some things which are typically not free should be considered to be free. Songs, for example, which are older, might be one of those things that you would consider, you know, making free to the public. You can pretty much go on the internet and look for any song you want, particularly older ones, and, you know, find pirated versions of them that should, you know, probably not exist. But in a way, you know, maybe those should be free because they are older, they are less used. Unless you are talking about the main body of the work of said artist, you know, maybe they would be a gateway to buying other more recent works and thus serve as, you know, an advertising tool. And, you know, people always have the option to buy the not free version, you know, officially pay the artist as it were. So in maybe that one specific case, I might agree that yes, you know, something like that, that a person might not use very much or maybe is sort of a gateway, as it were, to something else, might be perfectly fine to have for free. There are several games in the works that are free to play and or free to play and free to download, but these games will only work if they do, you know, get the support from the players through either microtransactions or optional subscriptions. They are giving the players the choice to support the game and say, hey, you know, I like this game. I would like to see more content. I would like to see more games in the future like this game. Hey, developers, you know, thanks for this awesome product. Here's some monies. 
And so those games will be pretty cool, but they will only work through support. I've mentioned before that you really should consider supporting people who do things for free that are things that you find useful or enjoy in some way. Like the example of a podcast, not necessarily my podcast, but any podcast you may listen to. If the podcaster or podcasters are putting out content that you enjoy and that you would like to see more of, and you would say to yourself, hey, you know, if I knew these people in real life, I would, you know, happily buy them lunch and say thank you. You know, you can send a donation and do that. If you don't want to send a straight-up money donation, you can always consider seeing if they have a wish list of some kind or if there's some stuff they need, equipment or software or what have you, and you can send that to them instead. Also, if you might be down on your luck at the time or you want to add on a special note, most donations have a little box where you can add a note or you can send a separate email or, you know, message through Facebook. And if you can't donate at all, but you do enjoy, you know, the work that the person does, you might just want to send a little note and say, hey, you know, thank you for this. I enjoy it. I find it useful. I find it helpful in my life, you know, whatever it means to you. And that can be a very strong reminder to the, you know, person doing the work that, you know, their work is valued, that they are considered a worthwhile person, that, you know, what they are doing is valued by other people. Because otherwise, you guys are just an invisible audience to us. We don't know you exist, and we don't know anybody's out there listening. We could be in an empty room talking to ourselves, or we could be in a full auditorium, and everybody's, you know, listening very quietly and paying attention and enjoying every minute of it. But we don't know. And without supporting your local artist, let's say, their work, what they do, what they enjoy, what they love, will not be able to continue. Unless they happen to, you know, be rich and be able to do it without any support at all, they probably will, you know, eventually have to stop. Pretty much everybody has bills to pay, and some of us, you know, are trying to make it and having a a pretty bad struggle. And for those who do, you know, do what they do as a main thing, you know, that's going to be their only income. They're not going to have any income outside of that. So if there are games you enjoy, music you enjoy, any other kind of entertainment, such as podcasts that you enjoy, and you have gotten them for free, you might want to consider, you know, what that means to the person behind the creation of that. Are they someone who can afford to do it, you know, just as free and not take any money for it? Or are they somebody that might be able to use the money or other donated gifts? And, you know, would you buy them lunch if you could? as a sort of thank you and, you know, appreciation for the work they do. And if so, you know, you might want to consider sending them a donation. And if you have the ability to do so, you might want to consider doing a regular donation. You know, send them a little bit each month if you can, you know, and say, hey, I appreciate what you do. And again, you know, if you are unable to send a donation, and most of us, most of us realize, you know, people do have ups and downs in their life. And, you know, probably for those of us who are podcasters, you know, we do this because we enjoy doing it and we want to, you know, send some entertainment and happiness to other people. You know, we do know that not everybody can afford to pay a fee or, you know, required donation. And so most of us, I think, do do it for free and, you know, give you the option to send a donation if you can. And again, if you can't, you know, we do love a note of appreciation and saying thanks and 
I think many of us, too, appreciate even more, you know, if you say what that meant for you to have that entertainment. You know, is it just entertainment or is it something that helped you out in some way? You know, I think most of us would really love to hear about that. So just something to consider and, uh, you know, always try and keep in mind in your everyday life about, you know, any kind of entertainment or items you consume, as it were. I think I might be starting to not like tower defense games. I got one recently on Steam for like, I think it was 8 or 9 bucks, called Tower Wars. And it's okay, but after getting through the tutorial, I'm like, you know, I'm just not as interested in this as I thought I would be. I will still probably play for a bit and check it out because it is a little bit different. But at its core, you know, it is still a tower defense game. There are still, you know, basic tower types. It is a little bit different in that it is got two different resources. You have to get gold and you have to get battle points. And so that's why I thought I would pick it up because it looked interesting due to that. Also, it is meant to be a competitive game that you play against other people, either alone or on a team. So I thought that might be kind of interesting. But as I started playing, I started remembering back to, I think it was about a year ago that I played StarCraft II. And I'm like, you know, I just really didn't enjoy the competitive aspect of it. Even the single-player game, I was like, meh. You know, I, I loved it once upon a time, but I just wasn't as into it as I expected I would be. I also had sort of a similar kind of feeling when I was playing Diablo 3. For the longest time, I was like, ooh, Diablo 3, Diablo 3, it's going to be so awesome. It's going to be new Diablo. And then when I was finally playing it, it's like, meh, it's still Diablo. It's basically the same thing Diablo 2 is, just redone. And I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as I thought I would. Still a good game, still worth the money. I played through, you know, once and a half times, I think, so that was enough to justify the cost. But it really made me think lately with all of these games I thought I would enjoy that I don't enjoy, I think maybe I am changing. Just like many games can have a certain set genre that never changes, there are always new and different games that come along that are different. And you wonder, you know, will I like this game because I haven't tried this kind of game before? But I think, too, people can also change. I mean, it's obvious, you know, people change over time, so obviously people do change. But I just didn't expect to feel very differently about things you know, types of games that I play that I enjoyed. I kind of figured that would be a static thing. I like X, and therefore I would always like X. But I'm finding I don't think that's true. I do like first-person shooter games, but I don't like player-versus-player style. I suppose, in a way, I've never been interested in that. But I think back to the days of Tribes 1, back around 1999, and I was really, really into Tribes 1. The main difference there, though, is that Tribes was a team-based game, and it was sort of like a sport. They had, I think, one or two different kinds of map challenges, and so you had to act sort of as a member of a sport team. And so it was very different from a standard shooter game. 
And it wasn't just, you know, go and shoot people in the face to win, because if you did that, you, you could win, but it was unlikely. Similarly, way back when Warcraft launched, and Starcraft as well, I played and I really, really liked the real-time strategy aspect of it. I liked the game a whole lot in single player, and when I did online multiplayer, I was winning at a ratio of between 60 and 75% from what I recall. But once, I think it was Warcraft 3 came out and they added the heroes, the game completely changed and I started doing really, really poorly. And, you know, when you do poorly at something, it's not nearly as fun. I think my win ratio dropped down to about 30%. And so I just kind of stopped playing competitively. It just wasn't fun at all. As I mentioned, I guess it was about a year ago, I discovered that with StarCraft 2, it had sort of a, a similar, I guess you could say, failure rate because I wasn't winning hardly at all. I was down at like 20%, 30% maybe. And I just, I just gave up. It wasn't very fun. Part of it, and I think part of what is making me not so interested in tower defense games now, is that there was pretty much one clear path to victory. While the game offers lots and lots of options and possibilities, you really have to follow a certain, you know, one or two strategies to win the game. I was never really into that. I was very big on having different strategies and doing different tactics and adjusting my strategies according to what my opponent was doing. So I think that's why I did so well in those early games. Back then, I don't know if things were more balanced, but I think things were simpler in some ways, and I think along with the complexity came sort of an imbalance towards one particular playstyle. And so that to me, you know, it's not so fun if you're forced to play in one particular style. You know, what's the point of having all the options if you have to play a certain way to win? And so I think a similar thing is happening for me in tower defense games. You know, there's an economy and you have to build up, you know, certain towers at certain times. And it seems like a lot of the levels in pretty much all the games are designed that you have to do it in a certain way, even if they give you options. I still am very interested in the genre and would still like to see, you know, what's different in really both genres for tower defense and real-time strategy. So I'm always looking for different kinds of games. I did just apply for the Dota 2 beta which is the Defense of the Ancients, for those of you who are not familiar with it. It's sort of real-time strategy and sort of not. There isn't really resource management. You just kind of take control of a hero. And then it's sort of tower defense-ish in the way that there are towers and there are little guys moving around the map. And you can, you know, kill the little guys and help them take a tower or kill the other players in the game. So it seemed really interesting. It's not something I've played before. It's a different kind of game than what I've played before. And so I thought maybe I would check that out. Maybe that is something that is between the two genres that, you know, could be interesting to me. So, you know, I got my application out and I'll check that out, you know, when and if they invite me. But I suppose the point of all this rambling is, over time, there are games that stay the same, and there are games that may change or evolve. But along with that, realize that you as a player can also have interests that stay the same or evolve. So if you find yourself enjoying a genre more or less, you know, you might want to take a step back and think about, you know, why is that? Is it that the game has changed or is it that you have changed? It could be one. 
or it could be both. You don't know. I reflect on my reflection And I ask myself the question What's the right direction to go? I don't know So that is it for another Rabbit's Ramblings podcast. Ta-da! Hopefully everybody had a good time and is doing okay in life. I am, I think, sick. I've been feeling really weird lately. I mean, you know, I'm I'm super, super depressed, so that may be part of it. I think another big part of it, though, is I'm getting super sleep-deprived. Because school's closed now for, like, a month. And I used to park in the parking lot and get about two or three hours more sleep a day. So now, I don't know, you know, with nobody there, it's kind of weird. Because there's just a few sort of contractor people that come in. Or, you know, maybe they're having a special event. But having somebody there and, you know, sleeping in their car is not a normal sight there. Nobody has ever bothered me about it there. So I suppose I am, you know, okay regardless. But I don't know. It just feels weird. And so, you know, that interrupts with my, you know, ability to relax and feel safe, I guess. So I'm kind of skipping more opportunities to sleep than not. And so I am just losing a lot of sleep in general. And so there's a lot of times that I'm sort of, you know, fading in and out, as it were. It feels kind of like my brain is screaming at the rest of me to stay awake, as if, you know, if I didn't stay awake, something bad would happen to me. Not, you know, when I'm trying to sleep, but, you know, all the rest of the time when I'm normally awake. It feels like I'm really, really, really having to fight to stay awake. And again, you know, if I if I fall asleep, something bad would happen to me. So I don't know, that's really weird. My skin is feeling kind of weird. I wouldn't say it's like chills, but it's kind of chill-like sometimes. And when I touch it, the skin is often, you know, colder than I, I think it should be. I've been sneezing and congested a lot lately too. So those are other indications that I probably have some kind of cold as well. So hopefully soon, you know, this will all be back to normal once I get more rest and start feeling better. In gaming news, it looks like Neverwinter might be delayed until next year, which is not really a big surprise since there is hardly any news about it and beta is not going on. But that's very sad because, you know, I was really looking forward to that and it was, you know, a beta that I should be getting into, so that should have happened very soon. But I guess it is not. So hopefully that will, you know, change and come out soon. Also, I guess I was a little bit off on Borderlands 2 launch date. I think it's mid-September, so I'm still looking at about a month until I have anything new to really play. So that's kind of sad, you know, but something to look forward to, I guess. And like I said, you know, the early October, I've got two other games that I've got that are coming, so that will be awesome. I guess that is really everything I can think of for this time. I'm still having to record in my car, so it's like, you know, 100 degrees and the windows are all closed and I'm sweating and wee, this is lots of fun. Not. So I guess that is it for this time. Oh, there was a graphics card launch. 
the NVIDIA GTX 660 Ti. I really don't know why they keep doing this Ti crap at the end. Like it's, you know, not complicated enough to remember as it is already. It is about 300 bucks, depending on which version you get. Right now there's only the 2 gig version out. There should be a 3 gig version out, but I haven't seen any on store shelves, as it were. But that is sort of a higher mainstream part. So if you're looking for a really good NVIDIA card that will be very solid, you know, you might want to give that a look. But that is all I can think of for this time. So I guess I will see everybody next time. Oh, it's my birthday Monday, so I guess that's something. I'll probably do some movie watching or something. Maybe get a fancy dinner this weekend. I don't know. Probably, probably just do that and that's it. It's just me. And so, you know, there's, there's not much exciting about that. There's just me, you know, every day. So it's pretty much just a regular day for me. But I guess that is it. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. And the things that might cause us to glow. The things that. Eh. Why is it? But it just. I just. But it just. Uh. He's really very gentle and fuzzy. We're becoming fast friends. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number 1 in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.